morning. This is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundance Success Series. Our primetime mastermind that promotes empowered, focused, decisive action and inspired outcome. Our spotlight is on real estate. What should we consider when buying a newly constructed home? Moving into a new neighborhood or renovating an older home? Well, my guest tonight has answers to those questions and much, much more. She is top real estate agent, Stacy Turner, a top realtor in the Washington metropolitan area. Close to Stacy's heart, besides her wonderful husband and two kids, is a charitable organization called Extraordinary Life. This great organization provides educational and support services to teen girls living in foster care environments in Washington, D.C. You can get in touch with this organization by going to extra-ordinarylife.org. To be in touch with Stacy, the realtor, she can be reached at stacyturnerhomes.com. This is an awesome interview. You'll enjoy. Stacy Turner, thank you for being a part of Building Abundant Success. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Sabrina. I wanted you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself tonight. Uh, where are you from? What you do? Uh, well, let's see. I'm from the Washington, D.C. area. My day job is real estate sales, residential real estate sales, and my passion is that I run a charity called Extraordinary Life. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know a lot about the housing market, and we've been hearing a lot in the news over the last couple of years about the, a lot of different things. Tell us what's going on. Well, it's interesting that you hear all about the gloom and doom nationally, just about how the housing market has been declining, home sale prices have been in the toilet, and a lot of people are under the water, which is the case with the majority of the country. There are a couple of markets, like Washington, D.C., for instance, that hasn't been hit so hard because we have the strong government base that has kind of been keeping the market afloat. But overall, people are having a hard time because mortgages were given out freely, and when the market dropped, a lot of houses are now worth less than what buyers have paid for them, and it's really, really tough on people. But the good news is that interest rates are at an all-time low, and in fact, housing prices are at an all-time low. So for those people who are in the position to buy a house, it's actually a great, great time to shop. Hmm. What should a beginner seasoned home seeker really consider in this market right now? Well, you know, there are lots of good deals as the result of foreclosures and short sales. So if there, if you've been looking in a certain area, the first thing you should do is look to see if there are any properties that are being offered as a foreclosure. It is much cheaper for banks to offload them at a lower price than to go through all of the legal fees and the rigmarole associated with foreclosing. So there's lots of good deals out there. Um, also, now it's really, really tough to get a mortgage. So if you happen to have good credit or you happen to have cash and can buy, banks are eager to work with you and they're giving you incredible rates, many that are below 5%, which is, you know, really been unheard of in the last 10 years. So um, for the beginner, just looking at the housing market, look to see if you can find a great deal in terms of a foreclosure and a short sale, or look to see if you can buy in a neighborhood that you previously may have been priced out of just because the interest rates are so low and the prices have become reasonable. 
Now you say um, go and look in those particular areas um, that we, you know, may have wanted to buy and now things may be different. What should we be looking for? Say we wanted to purchase, say I wanted to purchase a new home. What are some of the things I need to look for in that new home right now? You're thinking of a new home as just like a new house to you or new construction? New construction. Okay. Well, with new construction, um, a number of developers that, you know, back when the market was booming, they purchased the land, they started their projects, and then all of a sudden the market tanked. So for developers who have started building, at this point they need to get their money out. So the first-time homebuyer has a lot of leverage in communities where houses have already been built. So yes, I know with new construction, a lot of people want to want to you know pick all the finishes and have a say so on what goes in the house. But if you're willing to take a new house that was built for someone else and purchase that, many times you can get it for at least twenty to thirty percent below market. And getting this new home or even an older home, should we consider the neighborhood if we want to buy? For short term, say me and my husband move in, we've got kids, we want to stay a few years, we may be military, we may have jobs that may have us in and out in several years. Should we look for a particular type of neighborhood so we won't get in a a problem where the housing prices will continually tank? Uh, Well, I mean, you've heard the cliche, location, location, location. (laughs) Um, It is certainly true. I believe in buying location. So for me, location means two different things. So you can either buy location in an already established, recognized, you know, solid neighborhood, or you can buy location strategically in a neighborhood that's transitioning, that you can see that there's going to be a lot of future development. It's not quite there yet, so you can get in when the prices are reasonable, but you can see that within the next one or two years, there's going to be lots of new stores that are coming in or there's some new um, retail project that's happening that's going to draw people there, or it's a good school district. Like There's something about that neighborhood that's causing people to take note and interest in it. So when I say buy location, you either buy an existing strong neighborhood or you really look for those transitioning, upcoming neighborhoods that are not hot today but will be in the next year or two. You just mentioned something, location, location, and, you know, being from the Washington metropolitan area, I know people like to be near transit, and that can also affect real estate. Can you talk about that? Yeah, you know, what's happening in D.C. is that traffic is so horrible here (laughs) that people who have lived way out in the suburbs but work in the city are just tired of the commute. Like, who wants to sit on the Beltway for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour every day? I mean, that's like two hours of your life in the car, which Mm -hmm. sucks. Um, So as a result, a number of people have decided to move back in the city just so they can avoid the commute. I know I'm spoiled in that I live right in D.C. proper, and everywhere I go, it never takes me more than 10 or 15 minutes because it's a reverse commute, and I don't have traffic (laughs) because I live in the city. Mm-hmm. So we've seen that part of the reason why the markets in metropolitan areas like D.C. and inside L.A. and in New York have remained strong is because people it's still desirable based on lifestyle and on convenience and avoiding things like traffic. Yeah, traffic in, around that beltway is a beast. <laughs> it is a beast. It's horrible. It's horrible. So you could be home. You see those signs. You, if you lived here, you'd be home now. <laughs> That's what people are thinking. 
um, when they buy houses in the city. Most definitely. Now, um, being in the Washington metropolitan area, Virginia, Maryland, and even many places across America, you've got uh, older homes, many gorgeous on the outside older homes. And if someone were trying to buy now in an older home, what are some things that we should be looking for or considering in getting an older home? Well, okay, so I'll tell you first that I'm biased because I love old houses. Like, I just love the architecture and the character mm-hmm. um, that they have. So um, I remember when my husband and I bought our first home, and this was way before I was a real estate agent, and we fell in love with the Victor- this Victorian and the beautiful porch, and then you get inside and it's old electricity, <laughs> you know, old wiring <laughs> and old pipes and so forth. So the key to an older home is to have a home inspection up front with a reputable, good inspector who can really tell you um, what is the condition of the home. And you inevitably, there will be lots of things that are wrong, but then that's where you need to really look at, okay, what is the cost of upgrading and renovating those things, and then what is the value that it's going to add to the home as a result of doing so? So if you are going into a house and you know that it's structurally sound, um, that the electrical wiring is, you know, fairly current, um, and there aren't any, you know, major issues, and I, I identify major with, like, plumbing issues. Um, Roof roof, uh, structural, um, then, then you shouldn't get scared away. Anything that is aesthetic, when you improve that, you're going to reap the benefit of the increase in value on the back end. So many times my clients will walk in and they'll be like, oh my God, this is an old, ugly kitchen and an old, ugly bathroom. I can't do this. But for every dime that you put in a kitchen or a bathroom renovation, you get it out twofold. Not to mention, those are main areas of the house where it's really fun to put your own special touches on it. So just seeing an ugly bathroom or a kitchen should not scare you away. You should look past that and see that if you invest in the renovations, you're going to reap on the back end. Um, if you see anything structural, nine times out of ten, I'll say run. <laughs> if you see... Water issues that seem as though they've been in place for a number of years, I would probably say run also. Um, but everything else is, is typically doable. And so a home inspection will really tell you up front what the problems are. You can figure out what the cost is to replace it um, or fix it, and then um, hopefully it makes it such that the increase in value once you do so is going to far outweigh the initial cost, and so it will make you know, a good buying decision. You just mentioned the old Victorian homes, and I I lived in one. And I'll never forget um, going up three flights every day to to my top uh, castle. That's what I called it. But in looking at that home now, the older homes seem to have smaller rooms, less closet space. The kitchens, of course, need and bathrooms need to be redone. Say we get this home. And we do listen to you and listen and follow your advice. There's no structural issue. You got outdated heating, cooling, and other things. We probably don't have cooling, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of them do. This one actually did. I couldn't believe it, but okay. yeah, you're right. It, it didn't before I got there. The, the year before I got there, I didn't get it. I, you know, because it didn't have cooling. But the you know, year after that, they put in an air conditioning uh, unit. How do you? Um, decide what is best for resale. Um, How would you start? Say you've got a clean slate. What two areas of the home would you go at first? 
kitchens and baths. Okay. Um, it, it's, it is, it's just been proven time and time again that those are the two most important things for most buyers, at least for females. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> is. Um, but the kitchen is important because it tends to be the area where you entertain and people hang out. People don't hang out in the living room. <laughs> they hang out in the kitchen. Um, so people tend to want, uh, you know, that's like the heart of the home. So not only for entertaining, but even just for the family. So kitchens always um, increase value. Bathrooms, um, just because people want to be in a clean environment as they're getting clean, <laughs> you know, it, they yeah. tend to be, it just tends to be very important. Um, curb appeal. And so this is where there's a couple of things that you can do that aren't even really expensive things, but that mm-hmm. make a big difference. So making sure that your home is landscaped nicely and painted nicely on the exterior goes so far. You want people to drive up and think, oh my God, that's so cute and inviting and I want to go in. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, paint is inexpensive and landscaping can be, but you can do some things yourself in that area to make it really attractive. Um, the other thing is that if the house has hardwood floors, mm-hmm. refinishing those floors makes such an incredible difference, and it's it's just really, really beautiful, particularly um, in older homes, and that's not a terribly expensive thing to do. So there are, you know, just a couple of aesthetic things and some key areas that if a buyer focuses on that, they'll get the biggest bang for their buck. One last question about the interior. I was just listening to what you said, and I, I think I do the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. Um, many people complain of the smaller rooms. When should you get rid of a bedroom or shouldn't you? Or should you combine two rooms to make one? Oh, it all, it, it all depends on the, the, where you live. I mean, the, the reality is that most people want to invest in a three-bedroom-plus house. Mm-hmm. So I have a number of clients where, you know, in D.C., for instance, in a lot of the row houses, you'll have two nice-sized bedrooms and then one little teeny tiny baby room. And so they're always <laughs> like, should I make that a closet or, you know, or expand the bathroom or should I keep that third bedroom? Um, so in most cases, um, I advise them to uh, expand the room, make it a livable closet if they have basement space and can perhaps pick up a third bedroom in the basement. That would be the ideal. Mm. Otherwise, if the house is renovated in a way that is very livable and comfortable and gives some um, features, you know, that, that, that are more compatible with modern living, then that, that also may be a good reason to lose that, you know, tiny third bedroom, which isn't really useful unless it is turned into something. Like an office? Uh, the, the office is, is good, but then uh, technically if the, if the office has a closet and a window, then it is considered a bedroom. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Makes sense. So in that case, you would not be losing a room if it's an office. But if you turned it into a closet, uh, <laughs> you know, or, or you just expanded one of the bedrooms so that it was mm-hmm. bigger so you could have, you know, more bathroom space or, or closet space, then you would technically be losing a room. Bank-owned homes, we we see that an awful lot. I don't know why the banks want these homes. They're just sort of sitting there now. Should buyers be aware or could there be a good uh, value in considering this as an option? You just have to have a lot of patience because the process for buying a bank-owned home can be long and arduous, and at the end of the day, you may not prevail. 
So it's, it's often frustrating. So the good news is that bank-owned homes are typically sold for less than their value because the bank has has decided that they would it makes more sense to sell than to sue the owners for foreclosure. So you could get a big a good deal. However, the process for getting the home is often tedious and long. So for people who have to move, you know, you don't know whether or not it's going to be three months, four months, or five months. And in many cases, if the homeowner comes up with the money, they can, you know, kill the deal. So if you have time, you know, and you are patient, I think looking for a bank-owned home is phenomenal. I'm looking at people who have families and kids in school waiting this out two and three and four months. What would you tell them? Gauge it maybe three months, maybe five months, and then move on, or? Yeah, I, I, if it's a great deal. Like, I have a client who is buying in a phenomenal neighborhood with a great school district, which was their number one criteria. The house would, have, would normally sell for about 650 they're getting the house for 420. Wow. When you are getting a $200,000 deal, my position is you need to be patient and work it out. <laughs> you just need to, <laughs> you just need to, to, to go with the flow and do everything possible to ensure that you get the house. And it could be three months, it could be four months, it could be five, it could be totally frustrating, but at the end of the day, you have built in equity. And that is the most important thing. So, you know, again, foreclosed homes, bank-owned homes, you have to realize you're getting a deal, and there's a cost to getting a deal, inconvenience. In renovating a home, and I just thought of this, should you consider the, number one, the community, the type of home before you do particular types of renovations? And the reason I ask that is I know people who... um, their idea of family may be having a lot of room, so they may chop up a family room in the basement. Uh, when they go and put that thing on the market, uh, the realtor is looking at this like, what happened here? Absolutely. I've seen and, you know, that's probably the hardest thing for people because your home's so personal, and mm-hmm. so you want to, like, you know, do it like you would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But but if you're not going to be there for the long haul or this is like not your end all home you've really got to think about whether or not what's specific to your taste is going to be be amenable to somebody else and so you see it with paint colors when people go crazy and paint <laughs> colors all wild and then the house looks like romper room and people walk in and they're like oh my this is just horrible every room has a color <laughs> A lot of pit buyers can't even see past that. They're like, this is just so horrible, and it's shocking, and it doesn't have any feng shui. that I can't even look at it. So things like that are terrible. And then if you make a major modification that's weird, you know, you're, you're going to pay for it when you put it on the market. There's no way around it. So there's a couple principles that seem to apply to the majority of people, and one is that people like open kitchen and family room space because, again, that's kind of the heart of the home and people like to feel like there's an area where they can relax with family and friends. So you can never go wrong opening up a space in the kitchen or something that's connected to the kitchen. In terms of bedrooms, most people like the master bedroom to have a connecting bathroom. It's like your private bath. It's separate from the kids. It's separate from the guests. So all houses 
should have a minimum, if, it, if it's a three-bedroom house, it should have two and a half baths. You cannot go wrong on that. The last thing is that basement, if a basement has good ceiling height um, and windows, you definitely want to renovate it into a recreation room. I always call it my husband's man cave. But by and large, it seems like everybody has somebody that they would like to uh, relinquish to the basement. Be a kid, a husband, or someone. You can never go wrong in renovating a basement. Awesome. How important is the home inspection before you purchase a home? Critical. I would never, ever advise my clients to purchase a home without having a home inspection. You just you just can't do it. Um, even if it's new construction, you want to make sure that the contractor, you know, did everything to code and in the proper way. And if it's an older home, all older homes have, you know, problems, secrets, etc. Not that that should dissuade you, but you at least want to know what they are. So you absolutely want to do a home inspection. And home inspections are typically built into a contract, so they do occur. So after you put a contract on a house, then you'll have a certain number of days to do a home inspection. Once you do the home inspection, if it's not to your liking, you can walk away or you have an opportunity to negotiate with the seller to see if they're willing to make some of the repairs for on your behalf. I had to ask this because this is one of the questions that came across uh, during one of our last uh, real estate segments. What about this flipping homes? I see this in the suburbs where people will get these properties and flip them, and sometimes they're not all that successful. Um, oh, so, so flipping homes is just risky. Um, so basically people are buying properties that they feel are undervalued and need major renovation, putting the money in them, and then selling them quickly. Um, it, it's a risk because you are banking on being able to renovate them at a price that's going to still enable you to to garner a profit. Um, so I would say that it's 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 for I, I would not recommend that for the first time buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very speculative, um, and there's risk involved. So you have to determine what your risk tolerance is before you even consider it. Awesome. Great tips. Do you have anything else to leave us with? Um, I think the, the the thing, Sabrina, that people need to remember is do not let the media scare you and talk about how the real estate market is this, you know, drowning place. Because the reality is is that now is a great, great time to buy. Prices are low. Interest rates are low. If you have saved and you have a down payment that's, you know, 3% for first-time home buyers that can qualify under FHA or in that 10 to 20% range, unfortunately, um, for some higher-priced homes. If you have the money, it is still a good investment to put it in a home that's in a good location and that works for your lifestyle. Thank you so much for this information, Stacy. If people want to be in touch with you, where can we reach you? Oh, please visit me on my website. It's www.stacyturnerhomes.com. And if there's anyone who needs help with buying or selling a home, I would welcome the opportunity to assist them. Thanks so much. Be blessed.